All right, Justin, I need you to answer Cinefan Kurt's question that he asked you. I never saw you answer that man's question. He asked you a question, Justin. He directly asked you a question, and you never answered it. You need to answer that man's question. (laughs) Do you need me to remind you what that question was, Justin? Man, what question was that? I think he asked you, how about them cowboys? Uh, why do you got to kick a man when he's down? It's not right. It's not right for you and Kurt to celebrate the utter failure of my team right now. It's not right. It's not right. (laughs) I just thought it was very disrespectful, Justin, that he asked you a question and you just refused to answer it. Man, he knew how they were doing. He posted that right after the game. He knew. He knew how the Cowboys were doing. Not well at all. And he knew that. Wasn't that after the Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinal, <laughs> complete annihilation of the Cowboys? Is that Was that when he posted that? I want to say it was. I want to say it was that game. Man, I was too sad. <laughs> I was too depressed to answer anything. No, no, no. He asked you that question after the re- uh, after I thought after they played the Washington football team. Oh, it could. Yeah, it could have been them. Shoot. Now all of the terrible games are just running together at this point. Yeah, I think it was Washington. It was the Washington yeah, football it was, team it was last weekend. Yep. Yeah. So, see, that's how sad and depressed I am. I'm just I'm trying to repress these memories, man. Because they're terrible memories. Okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you guys did all these changes, and it doesn't even matter. But we're not here to talk about the Cowboys anymore. I just wanted you to answer his question, because you never did. That's all. just wanted you to answer the question. I, I mean, I thought that was very reasonable, and you just ignored him. <laughs> so. Man, how about them Cowboys? They're doing terrible, Okay. And who's Kurt's team? I want to know. I hope his team is the Jets. I please let him be the Jets. I please let him be a New York Jets fan. I'm pretty sure he's a Bears fan, bro. They're, I mean, they're not doing great, but they're doing pretty good. Mm, damn it. I mean, they won't be doing that good in a couple of weeks when they get beat by them Titans, but they're doing pretty good right uh, now. Uh, you heard that, Kurt. You heard it. Oh, so, anyway, we are here to talk about something you know, different from that. And with that, Justin, I need you to sing me a song about, I honestly, I have nothing. I really thought if I said that it would pop in my head and I have fucking nothing. So to be fair to you guys, since I did not come up with a song question, I think that is the equivalent of me taking a loss to both of you guys. Oh, dang. Damn, this will never happen again in the history of this game. We got we yeah, got a freebie. In my defense, I worked nights this week. And so <laughs> I have not slept much since my last shift before now. I slept a little bit, but because I'm trying to switch my schedule to get ready back for going back to days next week. So I'm a little thrown off and it won't happen again. So take the win for now. I'll be ready for next week's. Just you wait. Oh boy. And it will it will be a doozy of a question. I'll redeem myself. And until then though, let's cue the theme song. 
Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Simulators Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin. And today we will be talking about oh, what is the name of this movie specifically? It's like Borat's subsequent film or subsequent movie film. Mm-hmm. How the fuck? I should have definitely had that before we got you know this point. Yes, Borat's subsequent movie film, which will be the sequel to uh borat the cultural learnings of america for make benefit glorious nation of kazakhstan that's a wordy title (laughs) yes but you know at least they went you know shorter and more succinct on this one so with that though we will talk about everything we liked and didn't like and everything in between with this movie and if you want to know where you can watch this movie it's on uh, amazon prime so you can watch that movie there uh so with that we will be spoiler free at the beginning then we will go into spoilers or we will give a recommendation and scores then we'll go into spoilers so um heather heather you go first okay well this is going to be one of those that I also get flack for, but I did not watch the original Borat movie um, just because it came out at a time when I just didn't ever get around to watching it. <laughs> I was in college. I just, you know, didn't get around to watching it. But um, I had heard so a wait, lot of... You still haven't watched it? <laughs> no. My plan was to watch it this this weekend, so I, I should be caught up on it even though at this point it doesn't matter. But I have heard a lot of good things about it. So um, I knew what it was about. I knew that everybody said it was super funny. Um, But yeah, so when this came out, I was just like, oh, like, hopefully I, you know, (laughs) hopefully I'll understand what's happening. And if I, if I had felt like I wouldn't understand what was going on in this one, I of course would have watched it first. But you know, I just wanted to kind of go into it sort of not having seen the first one to see, you know, how I liked it just at, on its own. So, um, and I can say that honestly, it's a, it's a pretty funny movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, some of the humor of it is kind of like not necessarily my style, but some of it was so funny, like very subtle things that they did was so funny. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is, really really he's a genius kind of in how he does some of the stuff he does and yeah i think it was very relevant (laughs) obviously to a lot of things going on right now i think that he is very um uh, he's very ballsy i guess for lack of better words um with what he does in this movie, which probably isn't that big of a surprise considering, you know, that's kind of what this is supposed to be. Um, but I mean, even, even for just like the really like out there things that he does in this movie, he makes really good points with a lot of it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very entertaining, very humorous. I really like the dynamic between Borat and his daughter. I think that that's really great. I know we'll get into a lot of that stuff. Um, the daughter was honestly outstanding. Um, um, I think her name is Maria Bakalova. 
Um, yeah. So she was fantastic. I had never seen her in anything else before. She did a wonderful job. She was a really, um, high point of this movie and just their relationship and dynamic in this movie is really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's entertaining. And it, for what it's worth, it makes me want to watch the first one to see how good that one was. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably in the minority of people who haven't seen Borat or didn't watch it before the second one, but I'm okay with that because I still enjoyed it for what it was. So yeah, overall, I just, I would say I really, I enjoyed this movie, I think a little bit more than I expected to. Justin, what about you? Yeah, so when it comes to Borat, um, I was one of the fortunate people to see the first movie. And man, the first movie was, I just remember it being, it being such a shock and such a surprise because at the time it was just very just in your face, brave, but at the same time, honest in that a lot of truth is said in jest kind of way. And I think if any, if any, actually, if any phrase sums up Borat in these movies, I think it's that phrase. A lot of truth is said in jest because yes, this is very much a comedy. It is very much uh, something that you are supposed to laugh at and everything like that. But at the heart of it, it's very much social and political satire. So even though we're laughing at these things, there's always this underlying point. There's always this underlying message. And there's always just this objective with these Borat movies where Sacha Baron Cohen um, basically takes a. It's almost like he takes a mirror. And he points it to us and says, look, this is what America really looks like. This is what some of these people actually think. This is what's how some of these people actually act. This is what our society is. And it's kind of done under the guise of this character, this Borat character, who's this foreigner that doesn't understand all of American customs. And he's doing all of these things that are shocking and surprising but at the same time then but then all of a sudden he'll make a point about something in america and says well it was my understanding that you guys like this stuff and 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 then it's funny but at the same time it just makes you really go man but how true is what he just said how true is this the fact that there are people that act this way or think this way that live here. It really is a very honest moving reflection of what our society is and what our country is and things like that. And, and it was just such an amazing film, that first one. So when you get to this one, I don't think that this film is as good in some ways just because I think it's the second time and it's always going to be tougher for a sequel to be better than the original because we've seen it before. We've seen the act before. We know what Borat is. So there are certain elements and certain gags that aren't as shocking because you've kind of seen it before. You kind of know how Borat operates. But 
I did like the father and daughter's story and dynamic in this. I thought that that was a little more heartwarming in in this. I thought that that was a very good narrative to go alongside with everything that was going on with the satire and everything like that. And I do think that while I don't think overall this is better than the first Borat, um, I just think that the first one just had the benefit of surprise. But I do think that there are some, this film though has some moments that are at least just as good, just as funny. And it has some moments that maybe even are more heartwarming than the original. And I think that that's about as good as you could ask for with the sequel. So yeah, I enjoyed this. If you've seen the first Borat, it's more of the same kind of stuff. You're going to get that uh, political satire. He's going to tilt that mirror towards America like I talked about. And there are some shocking things that happen in this that make you go, oh my gosh. And you just can't help but just marvel at some of the things he was able to get people to to say or some of the things that he was able to catch people doing and in and now in this time especially this being voting season and everybody's voting and talking about the polls and the elections and everything's like that i think that something like this couldn't have arrived at a better time it's very timely for what is going on right now there's commentary in here about the pandemic. There's commentary in here about the president. There's commentary in here about America's tolerance. There's commentary about social media and how uh, America has reacted to that and how that controls some of the things that we do. There's commentary in here about women and the whole feminist argument versus the submissive woman argument. And all of that is in this movie. And so for that, I just have to give a nod to the genius of Sacha Baron Cohen because he's just able to get all of these things in here. And it just, he delivers just gut blow after gut blow. What starts as a light hearted moment he un he peels a layer or something happens that suddenly makes you go, Oh God. And it just makes you really think about where you live and, uh, what, what we allow to exist in this culture. So it, it's just a great film. And I also want to just quickly, um, hark what Heather said, um, about the actress Maria Bakalova. She does steal the show for me, especially in the second half. I think that she's wonderful. And this actress just, I mean, and and it's a 24-year-old actress playing a 15-year-old girl. And I think she just does it, does such a great job. She just had a wide-eyed kind of innocence, kind of charisma to her. So, that makes this character very believable and all of these situations that she's put in and all of the things she's asked to do and the arc that this daughter character has, all of it is great. And when the movie tries to get a little touching and have heartwarming moments with her and Borat, those land. And I think a lot of that stuff happens because she does provide some magic alongside Sacha Baron Cohen. So yeah, bravo to her as well. Well, it's been a while. 
since I've seen Borat. So with that, I don't necessarily remember like a a, a, a lot about it, other, other than you know the bigger moments. But going into this, with the type of movie that Borat was, Borat Borat worked because Americans didn't know who Sasha Baron Cohen was and what he did with something like a Borat or a Bruno or an Ollie G. And you would know maybe a little bit if you had seen some of the stuff he had done on HBO. But for the most part, a lot of Americans didn't know what he did. So Borat comes along and he's able to just be this character and film people and put people in these situations and that they don't know essentially that they're being set up. Not necessarily in a malicious way. I know a lot of people will say that, but like Justin said, I don't think they're being set up in a malicious way. I think they're being exposed for how they feel because they think they're safe in the environment. They are because of the shit Borat says. And so it lulls them into like a false sense of security. And then they say shit that people should never even think. So whenever they announced that they were making a Borat two, or that, you know, even this was coming out out, I don't remember if I knew this was coming out before they were just like, Hey, Borat two is coming out in a couple of weeks. And it's just like, you're thinking, how the fuck can he get away with it again with the same character? I mean, he was able to do Bruno because it's a different character than Borat. And he was able to do his show on Showtime because he's playing multiple characters that would catch people off guard because they didn't know that it was him just being a different character. So you're sitting here thinking, how is he going to do Borat again? Everyone knows who Borat is. How is he going to get away with it? And I think that's truly where Sasha Baron Cohen is. I'm going to argue genius kind of comes through because then he just played Borat in disguises and it worked. And then the introduction of the daughter character who no one knew and was doing the same things. She was doing the same things that the Borat character was doing in the first movie. And so it worked like all over again. He was able to fucking do it again. And it's astounding. Like, I just think that, and, and I loved how at the beginning of the movie, whenever he comes to America and people like recognize him on the street and, and apparently that was real. He just was dressed up as Borat and they, he just went on the street and they just filmed a few people recognizing who he was. And so I think that that was smart to include that in the movie because that gave you the justification to change what you need to change in the movie. And it made it work. It's just, it really is astounding that he was able to do it again with the same character. And at the same time, to me, it's just astounding again that he's able to get people to say this shit. I mean, I won't go into anything specific, but it's just, it's astounding. I should not be surprised because... Of just like the videos you see of people going on terrible, like racist rants and all the shit knowingly being filmed. And it's like they double down with their bullshit every time. Uh, it's, I don't know, just at certain, at times it still fucking surprised me what some of these people were saying. And then, I mean, I guess this might be a spoiler, but I don't really think it is. Just at one point in this movie, Borat spends, I think, uh, several weeks with these two guys in quarantine because of COVID. 
and that actually happened. And Sasha Baron mm-hmm. Cohen stayed in character the whole time. Like that is also astounding that he like he never broke character. He stayed with them in character the whole time. And I, I don't know too many actors that could do that and not go insane. I mean, you always see the right. You always see the like the like on TV shows or something like that or where like an actor gets just too deep into it. They're, you know, they're just they've been researching a character for so long or playing a character for so long that like the line blurs between who's the character, like if they are the character or not and all this other shit. Uh, a, a good example of that from a movie is Robert Downey Jr.'s character in uh, Tropic Thunder. And mm-hmm. yeah, but no, he went and did that. He like went and did that for months. And by all accounts, it's still just him. You know, I just, I, I, it's just that to me is probably the most mind boggling, like mind boggling thing that he did in this movie. Uh, there's some things in this movie that are more mind boggling than that. But I think as far as what he did himself, I think that that is, that is out there. And I think that that's honestly amazing that he was able to do that. Um, also, uh, yes, just like Justin Heather said, uh, what's her name? Maria, uh, Bakalova. Bakalova. Yeah. She did a fucking phenomenal job. Uh, yeah. Cause at no point did, was like, was she overshadowed by Sasha Baron Cohen? And that's hard to do, especially because like in this setting, because like this is Sasha Baron Cohen's game. This is his shit. Yeah. And she came into it and yeah, she was never overshadowed by him. She, she held her own very strongly. And I'm going to argue at times probably outshined him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, in this movie totally hinges on her. It truly does. And and I think he knew that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he needed her because, like, he needed someone to take focus off of him to make this yeah. work. Yeah. For this to work, the focus couldn't be him because he was able to just send her into places that he couldn't go into at this point and make it work. Yeah. So, and once again, that to me shows how smart he is because as a guy who's made a name for himself as creating these characters and diving in and just fooling people with his ability to be these characters and just allowing someone else to do the same thing with him and not be threatened by that. I think that's also rare. And it just like shows, like I said, how smart he is to go, no, this is what's necessary if we're going to do this and dedicating to it and, just knocking it out of the park as far as that goes. Uh, and once again, I'm just really surprised that, and I, I mean, and it's not to say that there probably are people out there that didn't catch on to certain aspects of it, but it makes me wonder with what they show in the movie, because I'm actually willing to bet that the ones they showed in the movie are when they didn't get caught. I think the times they did get caught are the ones they're not showing. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly surprising to me because holy fuck, how did some of those things actually happen? Right. But we'll talk about that in a little bit in the spoiler section, which I guess we can more or less uh, move toward now by doing our recommendations and scores. Uh, Justin, what about you? Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely going to recommend it. I I thought the movie was great. Um, But just to be, I guess, 
<laughs> objective about it. I do think that depending on what side of that red and blue argument you fall on might have something to do with how much you enjoy this. I mean, I think that especially because there is a lot of political satire, there is a lot of uh Looking at that, there is a lot of stuff in there about the current president. There's a lot of stuff in there about that and and people affiliated with him, which we will get into in more detail. So I think if you are a person who pretty much is all you see is that and you support that and you're just like, you know, uh, your eyes are red eyes and you and that's all you bleed is the color Republican red. You might have some issue with some of this. I, I just think that if you know, if you are one of those people who just thinks that side can do no wrong. Um, then you may have some issue with some of this. I, just being honest, <laughs> you know, That's I just have to, to be, say. Yeah. I just have to be honest about that. But if you're a person who's a little more open-minded, you know, and if you're, and to be fair, not, I'm not saying that all people who support or who are Republicans are like that, but there are some that just are kind of like, you know, if you're a blind follower or kind of, maybe that's a bad way to put it. But if you're somebody who's just adamant about that side, there's going to be parts of this that are probably you're not going to like. But if you're somebody who's on that side, but you're a little more open-minded, you're kind of somewhere in the middle of things. You kind of, maybe you have views that are on both sides of the fence, red and blue, uh, stuff like that. You're a little more open-minded. Uh, yeah, you'll roll with this. It's funny. You'll, you'll see what Sasha Baron Cohen is trying to say with this, and you'll appreciate it. And you'll appreciate the gags, and you'll appreciate the acting performances. So I thought that that was the most, that, that I needed to be fair about it. And at least say that. Um, but with that being said, as it comes to me personally, I, I thought that this was a lot of fun. I laughed a lot at this movie, uh, probably more than I have a lot with a lot of movies this year. Honestly, I laughed a lot at this. I love the political satire like this. I, I like the, the, the truth telling and jest type of stuff that this does. And to me, this is the mark of a good sequel. It has all of the things that I talk about. And I'm telling you, I'm probably going to go down in this podcast as just sage like for this, but it has like a lot of those things that I always talk about that make a good sequel. It introduces new characters that are compelling and interesting. It gives you some of the same things that make the original that made the original great, but there's enough here that is fresh to to where this is to its own movie, its own story, and you do enjoy this. And to me, that's the the Justin Mark of a good sequel. So with that being said, um, I'm going to give this, we'll give this uh, 85 um, <laughs> daddy, daughter, <laughs> bloody good uh dances in the ballroom out of a hundred <laughs> heather what about you yeah i think that's a very fair um a fair assessment to make 
and probably a wise disclaimer, you know, for some people, especially right now (laughs) around election season, like be fair and say, listen, you know, if you fall more on the spectrum, you might not like it as much. (laughs) That's very fair to say. Um, Yeah, again, like going into this a little bit blind in the sense of I didn't see the first one. I didn't, I knew in a sense what it was. So I knew what to expect as to, you know, that it was going to be crazy and that it was going to be outlandish and all these things. But I didn't really know what to expect from it. And honestly, it was also a lot more heartfelt in some scenes than I really expected it to ever be. And so I really appreciated those moments where they're, you know, they're being super funny and goofy and very just doing off the wall things. Um, But also just keeping that, you know, main storyline going of that relationship between the father and the daughter and um, just the, the moments that they have together and just the, it, they do a very good job of keeping that story important throughout and giving you moments that really um, are a little bit more heartfelt. So I, I appreciated that aspect of it as well. And yeah, it really was, it was, it was a very funny um, movie. And even, I, I just feel like regardless of, you know, which side of the spectrum you fall on politically, you can't, I just feel like it would be hard not to kind of see some of these things and be like, hmm, okay, yep, you're right. You know, and even just kind of how they go over things about coronavirus and things like that. You, do, It's just things that are very relatable for what's happening right now. And I mean, I guess technically I know a lot of people that would really, really be offended by most of this movie. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's just a little bit more eye-opening for people, like if you're willing to be open minded to maybe how people can see America the way that Borat portrays it in this movie, I think um, I, I think it's 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 eye opening if you allow it to be, if you allow yourself to kind of see it from a perspective other than your own, if that's not already your perspective. So, yeah, but I mean, there's just some really, really funny moments. Um yeah, I, I just, I really did like this and I didn't, I, it's funnier than I expected it to be. Even though some of it's not quite like my humor that I love to watch, it was still funny. It was very funny. So, um, I'll give it, I, I, I would recommend it. I mean, especially if you really enjoyed the first one, I can only imagine, you know, that you would probably also like this one. But yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's um, it's not just funny and it's not just poking fun. It's actually, like I said, enlightening in some ways, which sounds crazy to say, but it is. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend it. Um, probably the same disclaimer that Jastin put, though. But I will give it... Eh, I'll give it like a 73... Um, terrible books on how to raise your daughter that mean nothing out of a (laughs) hundred. Well, I do understand why you guys would claim there would need to be a disclaimer. I think to be fair with this movie, you have to understand that like Sasha Baron Cohen's own political leanings are what are why he targets the people he does in this movie. Because I do think, to be absolutely fair, you could get some similar things 
if your political leanings were different, putting people in these situations, uh, you could find people that are in, in this country that would fall under, you know, the blue spectrum, if you will, that, you know, claim to be more liberal or all this other stuff that also do have some weird fucked up beliefs that you could also expose in the same way. So that's why I don't necessarily feel like it needs the disclaimer of you might not like it if you feel this way. I think it just needs the disclaimer of, yes, it's slanted, but that's because of this. And if you're going to be fair, you you have to acknowledge that you could get something different if his own political leanings were the opposite. He could go in and film people that are Democrats or liberals or whatever doing also some stupid shit. I, I, I don't think your political leanings make you immune from being stupid. <laughs> uh, so with that, that's my disclaimer. That's my version of it with that. Uh, but for the most part, I do think this movie works. I'm surprised at how well it works. Uh, I don't think it has as much humor in it as necessarily Borat did. But as both Heather and Jasno said, it trades in some of the humor for heart by also telling that story within the narrative of what he does. So, and in this movie, I think that trade works. I think a little less humor by also, but then also having the, you know, heartwarming story of him and his daughter. It works. So, uh, for me, I guess I'm kind of splitting the difference with you guys. I'm going to give it 80 armchairs made out of people complete with genitalia out of a hundred, uh, spoilers. Yep. Um, all right. Do you guys just want to pull the bandaid off and talk about the, the seat the like the scene first, just get that over with. Go for it. All right. I don't care who you are. Giuliani was touching his dick. Let's just be real. The man was touching his dick. He wasn't tucking in his shirt. Like he says, that motherfucker was touching a dick and it was his dick. Like, be honest. I don't care what your political leanings are or anything. If you actually watch the scene, that motherfucker is touching his dick. That's what it is. Just be real. I mean, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to, I'm going to get a little personal with you guys. As a man, I have lied down and touched my penis before and i'm not even trying to necessarily be inappropriate maybe i'm just scratching an itch something like that i'm just saying i have touched my penis lying down before for whatever reason (laughs) and i'm just gonna say that what that man did is exactly what it looks like when a guy reaches down in his pants and touches his dick while lying down i'm just saying that's what it was I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That's all I wanted to say about that. I mean, the motherfucker was touching his dick. <laughs> yeah, it did not. Um, it did not put him in a good light. Yeah, I mean, and that was talk about saving some of the best gags for last. I mean, God, man, like you just did not know where that scene was going. And it was funny because I kind of heard through the grapevine when this was on its way out that. 
that it could have some damaging footage and could ruin a political career. And I didn't know what they were talking about. You know, I didn't read into it or anything like that, but I kind of had heard some of those rumblings about this. And yeah, when you get to that scene and you see what Giuliani does, it's just like, man, you know, it just makes you go, man, like, if he was willing to do this, given the situation, given uh, that there were cameras around and just kind of given everything that happened, if he was that comfortable doing that in this situation, it just makes you wonder, I mean, what what else has happened? You know, what else has happened when there's been less cameras? It just kind of you can't help but think what something like that could mean. And when you think about comments that, that 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 you often hear some of these people say and then some of the accusations that's going around for some of these people, and that's on both sides of the political spectrum, but in particularly right now, the president and then even, uh, and you know, it happens with both sides, but I think, but this made me think about the the president and also just because Rudy uh, obviously is affiliated with Trump. Um, So you just can't help. Like when you see something like this, it just makes you think about all of those things, all of these things that people say about people in positions of power and stuff like that. And when you see this, it just, you can't help but think about how scary that is and just how, uncomfortable that is, you know, and and that really is what Borat is, though, that that's what this is. That's what he strives to do. Yes, he's trying to make you laugh. But if you don't walk away from this feeling some discomfort about America and who we have in power and the people and, and and just some of the views and the things that we kind of accept that ideals we live by in this country, then uh, th- then maybe it didn't hit you hard enough. But yeah, man, that was definitely that finale uh, or towards the end, I guess you could say the third act. But that was definitely a gut blow in more ways than one, you know. I mean, I, th- I think what actually makes it the most ridiculous is the fact that he's saying, I was just retucking in my shirt after uh, removing the camera pack had caused my shirt to become untucked. And then you watch the scene, and that's not why his shirt kind of got untucked. That's not why at all. And <laughs> I mean, and I'm just going to say also, I understand that you could tuck in your shirt lying down. I personally wouldn't do it that way because you can't really, you know, tuck in the back of your shirt. Like you're not going to be able to do much with the back of your shirt when you're lying down, you know? So that doesn't make that much sense to me either. And then there's the whole thing that like, while he's doing what he's doing, which is touching his penis, his shirt doesn't get taut in the front. Like you're tucking it in. Like when you're tucking in your shirt, it gets taut. You're getting the wrinkles out. You're, you're, you're pulling it down. You don't see that in this either. So I'm just going to say I I find it incredibly offensive that he doesn't even have the respect for uh, anybody that sees that to even lie better. (laughs) And that that's just rude. Rudy Giuliani. That's just rude. 
Um, but yeah, he was he was touching his penis. Let's just be real. Anyway, we can move on now. I just wanted to throw that out there, uh, get that done with. Um, but I mean, when it comes to this movie, some of the things I mean, you could tell some of those things were set up by him and his production crew beforehand, but not necessarily in a way that other people there were in on it. Like when he was at that like rally for your rights or whatever. And the next act was cowboy Steve. Like that was a plant by his production company. That whole it thing. Wasn't? It was, there oh, was, it was no okay. actual cowboy Steve, like performing or whatever the fuck it was. No, that whole thing was meant to be. So he could go up there and sing that song. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that was a plant by him at that place. I'm just saying, I don't think anybody else there was in on it, but his production company or like crew probably called them saying, Hey, our guy, cowboy Steve or whatever the fuck his name was, uh, wants to come perform a song at your rally. That's the whole point of that is I think that wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was in the movie where this, like he just happened to walk up on stage and you know, they were like, Oh, are you this guy? And he's like, Oh uh, yeah, I guess. And just start singing a song, you know, like they knew what they were doing with that. That was intentional on their part to set it up like that. I just don't think other people there were in on it. Um, I do know that there was some controversy around a scene that involved a Holocaust survivor uh, at a synagogue. And it's filmed in the movie as he is going there to commit suicide by Jewish person. And he's dressing in a horrible way and all this other stuff. And he comes across two Jewish women. One's a Holocaust survivor. And they talk to him and they like, you know, show him that, being Jewish isn't bad. And I know that the the family of the woman that survived the Holocaust wanted to sue Sasha Baron Cohen, Amazon, and like other people related to this movie saying that like their mother or your the woman in the movie, however their relation or their relation to her, whatever it is, that she wasn't in on the joke and it's incredibly offensive to them that, you know, they they did this to her. And uh, because she did pass away before this movie came out. And uh, Justin was telling us, though, that if you go into the, the extras for it, you actually do have a thing, uh, a vignette of her recounting her um, ordeal through the Holocaust and stuff like that. But I also, the only reason why I'm bringing up some of that, though, is also the fact that there is actually video evidence of Sasha Baron Cohen as himself explaining what they are doing with that scene to that woman, you know, letting her know what it is and all this stuff before they do it. So hopefully that just helps anybody that might have any apprehensions with that stuff, like because of what had come out later, that it isn't actually what the family thought it was that she very much did know what was going on. And she wasn't just being used solely for her, having been a Holocaust survivor. Hmm. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there that, that, you know, there is, they actually did video Sasha explaining it to her and all this other stuff and her being okay with it. So that does, you know, that, that is a plus on that at least. Um, I, I, I thought one of the, to me, one of the most telling things in this though, was whenever they made the joke in this, that, you know, the daughter, her new favorite book is Facebook. 
and because of Facebook that she found out the Holocaust was no longer or uh, never happened. And I know that kind of seems like hyperbole yeah. or like they're it's it's a stretch or anything like that, but it, it's unfortunately not. And to me, it would just show kind of the sad state of how just things like that spread. They did the same thing with Flat Earth. Uh, they did the same thing about coronavirus in this, like just a lot of those things. And to me, that was kind of just the most telling thing. And it's not that necessarily I knew or I didn't know things like that were out there or something like that, but just showing how easy it could be for people that don't know something or they think something that it's just so easy to go out there and find false information that will validate what you think without anything else behind it. Because we know the Holocaust happened. Like we know there's facts, there's evidence, there's, there's just proof that it happened. And there are people out there in the world that don't think it did. And it's just so easy to fall into those trappings. And I think that that's, that can also be the case for anybody, no matter what your political leanings are or anything like that. I think to me, what that does is it emphasizes the, the dangers of putting yourself in a bubble when it comes to some of these things. If you only get your information from certain sources all the time, you're going to get trapped in only getting the information they present. And I really do think that that applies to what we've talked about here with whatever political leaning you may fall in. I think if you just sit here and you look up websites that pretty much only slant like to the left and it's only like progressive news and things like that you're only going to get news and opinions that support the worldview you already have and that might mean that you're not getting a correct worldview you're not you might not be seeing the whole world for what it is and that does also apply to the right where if you just look for what you want to find and you look for things that validate what you're already thinking it is out there you can find anything on the internet no matter what crazy thing you believe you can legitimately believe that the sky is green and i guarantee you you can find something on the internet <laughs> that tells you you are right and gives reasons why you're right and a facebook group that agrees with you and all kinds of shit you can find it. You really, it's, it's, it's whether or not you are looking for answers or if you're looking for validation. If you're looking for validation in what you believe, you're going to find it. It's out there. And I think that that's one of the things that this movie does is it shows you how easy it is just to find validation. But if you're not looking for answers, that's what you get. Because validation means you're not asking questions. Validation means you're saying, hey, tell me where it says this. And to me, that was one of the biggest takeaways from this movie, because so much of this movie, I feel like is built around that. When, you know, like Borat is at this mother, uh, father-daughter dance thing. He's able to just to walk up to guys and just be like, hey, how much do you think my daughter's worth? And they're mm -hmm. able and, and they and they they validate him by like, you know, giving him a worth essentially and stuff like that. Or. I mean, whenever he does go to that 
that family center and they're making essentially what is one long kind of abortion joke type of thing. And, you know, you have the, the, the pastor there who's, you know, giving his view and stuff like that. That is one thing that this movie does do. I think it's, it was also doing that in certain instances. He knew what he was doing and what kind of answers he would get by going to that type of clinic. And so, yeah, he was doing that himself, but I will say in his defense, that was his goal. I mean, that was his goal because that was the story he was telling. So he's going to find people that are going to give him the answers he wants and are going to give him the points of view he wants. And to what I'm saying with all this is it, it just shows how easy it is to go find it. And also how people would also use him as validation. Like there were people in this movie that would use the things he would say as validation for their beliefs. When he's just saying the outlandish shit, you know, that he knows would be controversial. But to these people, it's not controversial. So there, it's, it's like a mutual validation thing. And I do think that that can be dangerous. I understand why he does it, because that's the point. He's making a movie. His movie is not meant to be fair. His movie is not meant to be, you know, giving both sides. His movie is not meant to give people facts. His movie is to tell the story he wants to tell. So I'm not going to get mad at him for doing that. But to be fair, you have to admit that that's what he's doing. It is very targeted with what he's doing. I mean, when he's yeah. at that cosme uh, cosmetic surgeon, I mean, and they're sitting there talking about breast augmentation and all this other stuff. And like, how the fuck do they get this cosmetic surgeon to say, that oh if your father wasn't here i'd totally have sex with you right now how the fuck do they get him to to actually say that that right. is mind-boggling but i mean honestly they probably did some research and they found they knew what they kind of what kind of answers they kind of wanted they probably like looked around did research all this other stuff and found one that they wanted to go to they'd probably give them that or they might have gone to five of them they might have gone to five different uh, plastic surgeons and he was the one that gave him the answer they wanted, you know, but yeah, this movie is fucking crazy though. I mean, when he is at that, that, you know, rally for your rights or whatever that, I mean, there were people there that were doing the Nazi salute and were cheering. That was crazy. Yeah. They were cheering for wanting to kill scientists the way Nazis killed Jewish people. Uh, <laughs> yep. That was insane. I mean, and I don't know whether or not this is the place to say my next statement or not. I don't know. I'm feeling frisky. I'm very tired. But to me, it's not that crazy that at that type of rally, whenever people are okay with that and cheering stuff like that, it's not too big of a stretch to me that we also see Confederate flags there. I'm just throwing that out there. It is what it is. And mm. I think that that's one reason why, you know, People may correctly believe that it is a sign of what it is, but I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it's very weird. And it's, and the sad thing is, is a lot of this movie actually takes place in, in all of ours is, is, is home state of, of Tejas. And yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's very sad that it's so easy to get people to do some of the shit there. Fix your shit, Texas. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
I don't know. One of you guys go, I'm very tired. I feel like I'm super rambly at this point. I feel like I started a point with the whole validation thing. I don't know if I ended it. I may have. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, what you said made sense. It, so. I, I just don't know if I ended my point. I don't think if I, I don't know if I actually did full circle and, and completed the thought as to why I brought it up or did I just leave it open-ended and like somebody's like sitting there going, Sterling, are you going to finish your point? Like you just went on this whole like eight minutes rambling on about validation and you never finished why you brought it up. I hope I did. And if I didn't, I'm sorry. Things got a little loosey goosey in my brain there for a second. Uh, I don't know. So what do you guys go now? Well, I think there's also, I mean, there's, there's so many things in this movie to really like, like one thing spurs on another thing that you think about in this movie, like a point to be made about it. So I could see why, you kind of jumped to different things there. They all connected though. So it made sense. Um, no, I, and I do agree. And um, I mean, just it is, it is the subtle things and that are very funny, but also very true. Like I think one of the most humorous things that I remember from the movie are um, when he's like, He's like, okay, well, I have to get into this uh, conference and I have to try to blend in the best I can. And the next scene, you see him dressed as like a KKK member. And for me, I just thought that was funny because I was like, yep, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, especially with the story that he was telling. But like, it just it was so completely out there to do that. Um, and very controversial to do that. But for whatever reason, I just thought it was funny that he that he went there with it. And I also think one of my one of the funniest things to me, and I don't know why, but every time that he was talking about Trump, he called him McDonald Trump. <laughs> I just thought that was funny every time he did that. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's one of those where you are right. He is he's doing these things because he wants to. He wants to get a reaction. He he knows that what he's doing is completely outlandish and completely going to be controversial. And that's why he's doing it. He's he's wanting that. Um, but I think he's wanting it more to just show like, yeah, kind of like how Jason said at the beginning of this with like, he wants to take this mirror and point it back to us to show us how how we seem to other people. You know what I mean? And like, it's just, it's, it's true though. I mean, there's just so many things there that you can't, you can't deny that that would be how people see America and how they see certain people in America. And, um, yeah, so it was just very, um, on point with a lot of things, unfortunately. And, um, but yeah, and it's just, it's crazy because there are, it, it was always fun to kind of look through and be like, I wonder who is and isn't in on what he's doing. So to kind of hear some of the stories you were talking about, Sterling, it's it's interesting to to kind of see if I guessed right as to if they were in on it or not. Like the guys he was quarantined with, I completely did not think that they were a part of it. So it's interesting to know that they weren't, right? They weren't part of it. They were just kind of... Nope, but those, they like let him stay there for yep, so long. They were just normal ass fuckers that he stayed with. In like he, <laughs> he was bore out with him the whole time he was there. And it was for weeks. It wasn't like yeah. a couple of days or anything. He really was with them for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was just interesting. And then like those, 
<laughs> then like making jokes about like I live with geniuses or whatever it was he said, and then they're just like <laughs> saying off the wall things. It was just very funny, but um, just stuff like that, and like even the uh, the lady that he leaves his daughter with. I loved her character so much in this. Like, I think she was in on it. I mean, I think she kind of had to be because, like, the story progresses based off of something that she says to him. So I do think that she was in on it a little bit. But I just loved her character in it because she was very much, like, just her reactions. Like, she wasn't completely surprised by anything that was said. (laughs) But she was just kind of like you're dumb for that, but okay. Like she was just very, the way that she played off of like the things that Borat would say, or the way that the things that the daughter would say was just very funny. And then, but just kind of out of nowhere, bringing this, like this truth to the, to the daughter and just kind of about her worth and her value and just, you know, how she kind of is the one that gets through to Borat to, to be like, you know, why are you going to do that to your daughter? You know what I mean? Like, it was just, I loved her character. I thought she was very good. And then he's like, oh, do you want to be my wife? And she's like, no, I don't. Like, it just their whole interaction to me was so funny. Yeah, but that's actually a joke relating back to the first movie that you don't know about. Oh, okay. Well, it was still funny. So, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, I just, it was, it was one of those movies that it's funny, but it also, it's, I've never really seen a movie quite like this where, it's it's funny, but it also, as it's making you laugh, it's making you really think about, like, it's sad that this is true about certain things. So, yeah, and then, like, yeah, just the other pretty controversial thing about, you know, how he dresses up as Trump for that conference that um, Mike Pence does, that was insane to me, too. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that totally was a real thing that happened, and just in the news, I know like at the time they couldn't identify who it was dresses him. And then now they know like it was just that was bonkers. It was so crazy that he was, first of all, even like able to do that or get away with doing that in a sense. And just that he just totally went there like he didn't care. He was just like, we're going to do this. So, yeah, he just um he he goes to a lot of extremes to make his points, but he he makes them. He definitely makes his points and he does the intention of what he's trying to do with this movie. So I really kind of like what you said, Sterling. I mean, it's just like that, that was his point. That's what he was doing. That's what he was going for. So um, I, I think he is kind of a genius for how he orchestrated some of these things and just kind of the underlying things that like he thought of like, you know what, let me drive home a point about this too. So I I just think that he was very, very smart about like how he did that. Um, Yeah, I mean, and you're right. Like, obviously, I didn't see the first movie, but and and even just like the um, the like the twist or the the whatever at the end of it, where essentially he was being used to spread around COVID, you know, like (laughs) it was just very he made everything going on right now just so relevant and somehow still managed to make it funny, even though it's a lot of really crazy things going on right now. So I I just appreciate how he did this movie in a way that still makes you laugh and makes you, it just makes you feel like you're it's relatable because of everything it's talking about, 
but it still makes you laugh. So I, I just think he's very genius about how he does his comedy. Justin, what about you? Yeah, you guys definitely made a lot of uh, great points about it. And I don't know if I'm going to say anything different, but uh, I'll try to um, at least just uh, bring something different to the table here. But but yeah, like with a lot of the things that uh, you guys said, and especially um, kind of harken back to something that Sterling said about the fact that, yeah, I believe that is the methodology of Sacha Baron Cohen. I think he does have an idea for a segment, a skit, a scene, whatever you, whatever have you. And, you know, a certain amount of that is going to have to be orchestrated, whether it's by his production team or whether it's just him at a place. And I do believe that, yes, he's looking for a desired reaction. He's he puts it out there and he puts the bait out there and he's looking for that certain fish (laughs) that's going to take the bait. And we don't know how many attempts it took for that desired action to happen. So yeah, I do think that you do have to be mindful of the methodology, but I think what often is more shocking or just more of a gut blow is that he actually finds these people. (laughs) And I think that is scarier than the methodology like sure okay yes you can i get the idea that yes that there's a certain part of it where you have to go well how many people did it take before he got the desired reaction but still man there's something unnerving about seeing people with these confederate flags at a rally doing the hitler sign like that's just a perfectly acceptable thing to do. And then singing along that they want to kill people and chop people up. A scientist, like what did scientists do to anybody? You know, like, but we want to chop them up and kill them. You know, it's so that's such a harrowing thing. And you're sitting there laughing, but at the same time, it's unnerving or like those two people that he bunked with for those couple of weeks. And they're talking about Hillary Clinton drinking the blood of victims and stuff like that. I mean, this is movie stuff like this is stuff that I I love that. They were just like, yeah, yeah, I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I heard it. And oh, yeah, it's definitely something that she probably does. Oh, yeah. And whenever and they're saying all of these just outlandish things. And then at the end, he says, yeah, I'm rooming with some of these genius scientists, just like Heather was saying. And yeah, that is a funny statement. Like that's meant to get a laugh out of you. But there are so many layers to that statement, because that is how these a lot of people People act right. Like even when you think about online, somebody will post something online and you have these people that act like they're experts or they're doctors or they're whatever. And they're just 
keyboard warriors, but they love to critique and talk about what somebody is doing wrong. It doesn't matter what kind of video it is or what the subject matter is. I, 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 there was just an Under Armour ad that was going on my feed and it was Cam Newton and he was sitting here and he was doing like what they call cheater bicep curls and that's a real thing where you're curling the bar kind of in an upward motion it's supposed to work the biceps and yes there is a form of it where you use proper form and you have perfect control and you curl the weight bar but there is a version called cheating bicep curls where you use more of your upper body and you're pulling and you're using all of your body and and yes it's called a cheater curl because you're not isolating those arm muscles but it's just for muscle fatigue it's just something you do to end a set or something like that and it's just the purpose is muscle fatigue so yes it's a cheater curl but there's still a benefit And you won't. And I said all that because you won't believe how many people commented on this Under Armour commercial, which was like five seconds of Cam Newton doing this move. And they're all like, he's not doing it right. He's not doing the bicep curl right. That's not how you do it. Well, if he learned how to curl, maybe he'd throw a football better. Yada, yada, this, that and the other. And it's all. And then you look at some of the profile pictures of these people and they don't look like they've ever curled anything in their lives, but yet they're sitting here telling Cam Newton, who's ripped this right. athlete, this uh, this top level NFL athlete, that he's lifting wrong. And to me, that that that's another layer that's in that joke that Sasha Baron Cohen does right there where he's like, yes, I'm talking to these great geniuses and scientists. And that's the whole point. They're not geniuses. They don't know, but look at what they believe. Look at what they're so willing to say with no evidence, you know, look at all the things that they believe with just not a lot of factual evidence to support it, but they, but Hey, it's just cool. And yes, we, we, we believe this and yes. And it's kind of speaks back to that whole validation thing that Sterling is talking about. You know, we have just come to this point in this country where that's, that is pretty much what we do. We're always just constantly surrounded by people who think the same things we do. Oh, there's a flat earth. The sky is green. Uh, (laughs) The, the, there's no racism against black people. I mean, there are just hundreds of theories that I can put out there that you hear all the time. And it's because it's true. We're just saturated in all these beliefs and views that just validate our opinions, whether factual or not. So something that like, it's like an article on Facebook, a meme. Oh my God. Memes are accepted as fact all the damn time. And that's kind of also indicative of this. So even though you're hearing this joke in the film, there's all these layers to unpack about the reality of America. And like I said, tilting that mirror and making us look at ourselves and making you really evaluate some of these things that 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 this 
uh, that this commentary that Cohen has provided us with is saying. So, yeah, I, I just totally agree with uh, some of the points that you guys were making. And, yeah, at the uh, at the plastic surgeon office, when the guy is just like, Sure, I would, you know, if your father wasn't here. And the funny thing is that it wasn't even like, yes, I would have sex with you, which that's bad, of course. But she said sex attack. I mean, the the verbiage that was used, she was like, would you perform a sex attack on me? Like, yeah. and I'm sitting there going, what is a sex attack? I mean, <laughs> right. The sad thing like, is, you know exactly what that is. Yeah. And I was about to say that you took the words out of my mouth. You sit there and you're like, man, what is a sex attack? And then the but the sad part is, is we know what that is. We know what that is. We've seen we know what a sexual attack is. We've heard testimonies about it. We've we know what that is. And he said that like he heard that from her and he knew what that was and felt like it was okay. Well, the daughter's saying it, so we're all here and sure, I can say this and it would be appropriate. And yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, like I agree that it was like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what makes them more uncomfortable. Like, and sure, that could have been the sixth or seventh clinic that they went to to finally get that reaction but god man why did there have to be one guy that said that yeah the fact that they found anybody that would say it is the point yeah yeah and that's just unnerving that that's just unnerving and uncomfortable and just uh everything that goes with that um And yeah, just to talk a little bit more um, about not only Sacha, but um, Maria Bakalova and just some of her scenes and everything like that. And and like I said, like you you guys have said, I just want to kind of add to that sentiment. She really is the person that makes this thing go. And it's just like I said, the mark of a great sequel is you've got to have those interesting new characters. And that's what she is to this. She's the Furiosa of this if this was Mad Max. She's the Newt of this if this were aliens. She's the young John Connor if this is Terminator 2. You know what I mean? That's what she is. She's that person in this movie. She's that person that adds that fresh perspective, but is interesting and compelling. And we follow this because it feels like something different. It feels like another aspect of Borat that we haven't seen. And like you guys said, that totally works. And there's just so many scenes with her where the acting is just great. Just the wide-eyed look that she would give or like um Heather pointed those about pointed out I'm sorry pointed out those talks that she was having with the black lady and man I wish I have the actress's name in front of me but yes but those scenes where she's telling her look women can drive cars and women do all of these things and you know if you don't want this plastic surgery that should be your choice it should be your choice and 
those moments where you see the look on her face and you see that she's uncomfortable and you see that there's a part of her that doesn't really want to do this. All of that just landed. She was just so believable doing those things or like whenever Borat and her are they're almost to the moment of truth and there and she's realizing that whenever she has this surgery and is given away to Pence <laughs> this is just the storyline yeah. uh, but when she's going to be given away to Pence that they're not going to see each other anymore and she's like so I'm never going to see you again and you could f- see that that was tearing at her, that she was enjoying this time with her father. She she's lived life in a cage. You know, she's never had this time with him and that she was cherishing this time with him and didn't know how to say that. But it was all in her face. And that's just a testament to uh, the actress and, and and the last thing I'll say is yes the in the extras um, and I believe that the Holocaust lady her name was Judith that is something worth checking out you should go to the extras um, and listen to that woman tell her story and it's unfortunate that family members were coming after Sasha and everything like that uh, about that segment about that segment with her and Sacha and everything. It's unfortunate that that they were coming after him for that, because I think that when you watch the extra part of the video, it's really heartfelt. She tells this story about um, something that she experienced during that time with her mom and everything like that. And she kind of has this quote at the end. And I wanted to end with that quote, but she basically is after telling this story about her experience um, and being a Holocaust survivor. She says that um, thank She says, thank you. She looks at the camera and she's like, thank you for listening to my story. And I think that if we all learn to just listen to each other, we will make this world a better world. And I thought that that was just such, I wish that that had been, at the end of the movie somehow. I wish that that had been tacked on at the end of the credits or something like that, just somewhere. Because to me, that was a great message. And that's mm. the message that honestly, I think we need to hear right now. We're, there isn't enough of listening to each other's stories, understanding different perspectives, um, trying to see where people are coming from with these different views and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I think there is too much validation and there is too much of us just being around what we believe too much and it does get you know it does make us more intolerant and that's what we have kind of become is this society of intolerance and i think that a lot of that message is in this movie and i just thought that that was a very uh poignant message that the holocaust survivor judith gives at the end of the film but yeah that's all from me uh, just going back to what you were saying, Justin, about, you know, those guys and they're talking about Hillary Clinton drinking the adrenaline fueled blood of children and stuff like that. It really just makes me wonder why they are so willing to believe that. I understand they 
they hate Hillary Clinton. They hate the Clintons. They hate the Democrats. They hate whatever. But like, how do you let your hate get so strong that you're willing to believe adamantly so that like something like that is true? Right. I mean, I am not what somebody would call a fan of Donald Trump. But if somebody came to me going, hey, man, I heard he drinks baby blood. I would still tell somebody, nah, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> like, I don't like him, but I'm not, I'm not going to jump to that. I mean, I don't like the KKK. I think that's a relatively safe thing to say sometimes, depending on, I guess, where you're at. But if somebody were to tell me, hey, the KKK, you know, sacrifices babies and all this other shit, I would go, no, no they don't. Like, and I adamantly don't like them or anything they represent. And I'm still not willing to automatically just to always jump to that extreme of a conclusion because I think that there is enough there without going to those extremes to justify the dislike of something. Like, I can understand why people don't like Hillary Clinton. And I think that there is enough actual truth and stuff out there that you can comment on and use as validation for your dislike of, of her to where you don't have to actually go to those weird extremes of she drinks adrenaline fueled baby blood. Right. Like it's fucking bonkers that they feel like they have to go that far to just justify their dislike. I mean, I cannot like Donald Trump and his policies and that be enough for me not to like him to where I don't have to believe a sensationalized fact about him. Like he drinks baby blood. You don't like, I would never need or want, or even like I would, I just don't understand the need to go that far Yeah, to, to justify that hate or to even just justify dislike. You could just use that. What's there. That's fine. Can we calm down with this shit? <laughs> like, People don't like Chrissy Teigen because she's very outspoken against the president. So people say that like she worships the devil. And I've seen a thing where people were talking about like there were like internet comments where people were talking about how she just had a miscarriage because she sold that baby soul to the devil to like get more power or whatever shit. Seriously, like, that's people the are saying fucking that links to what people do to justify their fucking dislike of people. That's ridiculous. It's bonkers. You could just say you don't like her because you don't like the type of things she says to the president. You could just say that. Yeah. Right. I might not agree with you, but that's valid. You could say, hey, I don't like how she talks to the president. I can go, all right, I disagree, but that's valid. That's valid. That's a, I'm never going to say, oh, that doesn't mean you can't like her. No, that's fine. You don't have to go to these extreme links to justify your dislike. You can just yeah. say you don't like it. You guys got anything else you want to say? No, we covered it all. This was a more um, serious driven one than I expected. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's a comedy, but <laughs> we didn't spend a lot Brought of time talking stuff. about the funny stuff. But look what we're talking about. But that that's what Borat is, you know. That's, that's that, the that's, point of it, yeah. Yep, that was the point. But no, uh, I think I'm good too. 
Um, honestly, well, 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 you know what? Why don't we end it kind of light? What, what did you laugh at anything? What was, what do you think was your funniest scene? We'll just do that. How about we do that? End it on that note. Honestly, like the scene when he's quarantined with the two guys is just really funny to me. Like just their interaction and how like he's saying ridiculous things and they're like, they just full on believe him. First of all, that he just really thinks those things. But they're also like not really questioning it. Like sometimes they will to be like, no, that's wrong. But they're just like very just their interaction is because they're taking themselves so seriously. And he's just totally not being serious. It's just funny. So that scene. And then um, I think the funny scenes like I just I think um, honestly, just his different costumes that he would wear, like his disguises that he thought would just really make him blend in wherever he was, were just so insane. (laughs) And I just laughed anytime he did a costume change because I was like, oh my gosh, you were so extreme, but it was funny. So those were probably my big two ones. Um, I mean, I think, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I didn't laugh that much. I don't laugh a whole lot in general. Uh, with stuff like that, I laugh more at myself than anything because I'm fucking funny. But oh lord, I mean, I don't, honestly, the times like that I did chuckle and stuff like that. Some of it was because like if you don't chuckle, the only other like natural response you could have is cry <laughs> or cringe. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that that's actually happening. That like people actually said that or did that or something. And like it, it's either you're gonna laugh or you're gonna cry about the state of humanity. And right. like, and like you said, Justin, the fact that he found anybody that would say some of the shit they said or do some of the shit they did. And yeah, so it's just one of the two, like, that's it. Like that's sometimes all you have. I will say this, like, if you want to end like, you, you know, on a lighter note and stuff like that, I actually do think it's slightly heartwarming that those two guys actually just were willing to offer Borat a place to stay for the quarantine. Yeah, they honestly he, said he had nowhere else to go. So they, they were like, well, I guess you'd stay with us. Like, yeah, on, I was thinking that too. I was like, they, you know, completely disagreed on like literally everything, but they were just like, come on in, man. Yeah. We'll help you find your daughter. No problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that is true. They did let him stay there. They did. That is true. It's like they really did see him as a friend at the end there because they were like, that's your daughter. Oh, man, we got to get her. Like they were just really on it. Like it was. just Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, that is like a heartwarming, genuine thing that like, I mean, those guys were essentially getting bamboozled, but they still, yeah, they offered a place for this guy to stay for with for a while. And I think, you know, regardless of what they believe and all this other stuff, I mean, at least there was that aspect of decency to him. And I, that's a, that's yeah. a very heartwarming thing. And it is interesting, too, that he showed that as well. Like, he wasn't just trying to be like, everybody who's like this is evil and terrible. Like, it, I feel like he purposefully wanted to show, like, these were very hospitable people, even though they were just ridiculous in what they thought. Yeah. And I think at the end, it does come across that there's still light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like the daughter did come over here and was 
a better person. She got some some of those, you know, she learned kind of what some of the feminist views were and stuff like that and wound up being stronger and more uh, independent, had goals and was better because of her the experience over here with her father. So there was some of that in there. There was, uh, you know, at the end, he uh, kind of fun, f- in a funny way puts in the text, vote or you will be execute, you know? <laughs> you know, he kind of right, he yeah. puts that kind of in jest, but it's also a call to action. I mean, you have a choice, you know, you, you have a chance to make an impact on what you saw here, you know, that maybe your impact and your actions can change something about what happened. So I do think that Part of that was in there, too. You know, it wasn't just, man, America's sad and ugly. All right, roll the credits. I do think, like you guys are saying, it does end on some of those heartwarming notes. And yeah, those two guys, despite their blood Hillary stuff uh, weren't nice enough to take him in and they did genuinely try to help him get his daughter back so it it just kind of goes to show you that there's you know there's there's two sides I mean there's two sides to that coin and and he does show uh, some of that as well and for me I mean I guess what was funniest to me or what I found myself laughing at the most was man those faxes back and forth with Kazakhstan I mean <laughs> that's that was pretty funny yeah. that man was like he sent you back a bunch of angry faces and it was just all of these angry faces on the uh, facts and then how descriptive he was about how he was going to kill him. There are going to be these two cows. I just love that the guy guy doing the faxes was just not even face. He's like, all right, what do you want to say? Like, just really fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is what, and then he's reading it. He's like, well, okay. He says that you are going to be wired to two cows they are going to have turnips the his cow. whole demeanor with it was so funny yeah the cows are gonna run after these turnips and then that will in turn split you apart so um is there anything that you want me to send back to him yeah right yeah <laughs> i just couldn't help i was laughing a lot at that part because that was just those faxes were just hilarious but yeah that was uh that that was one of the funny moments that stood out to me so <laughs> i mean and I, I i did like how that scene played out essentially that they were using a fax machine to text like i guess that's what yeah. made it the funniest was he was like sup sup just chilling yeah. 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 Then then he gets a fax dicks pick and Yeah. And that guy's just sitting there dealing with all of it. Yeah. No, I agree. He's like, all right, well (laughs) And then it was like, oh sorry, wrong person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, Oh, okay, here we go. (laughs) I mean, I just think it's funny that essentially they had some intern sitting at a fucking office office at the studio sending faxes to this random guy in Texas. 
Like that's, right. I guess, one of the most most ridiculous things about it is there's some guy just sitting somewhere receiving and sending faxes. <laughs> yeah, that is actually very funny now that I think about it. But on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or check us out on t- Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram at cinema underscore slayers. Uh, uh, if you guys can leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcast listening app, uh, things like that do help us out. And we just appreciate it. Give us those five stars. Cause if you're listening to us at this point, you might as well give us fucking five stars. I mean, I'm just saying, Kurt, you need to leave us five stars if you're listening. Yeah, Kurt, where's your fucking five-star review, dick? (laughs) I feel kind of bad that I target Kurt like that. But at the same time, I don't. Because he has... I'm going to keep doing that. Every episode from now on, I'm going to end it with, Kurt, you're a dick. Until I see he's giving us a five-star review. (laughs) So... No pressure. We hope you mean it, but still. Yeah, Kurt, you dick. (laughs) This might backfire on me, but still. I'm going to do it. Uh, so on that note, guys, remember, uh, according to Justin, Moon Knight, who may or may not end up being played by Oscar Isaac, is a Best Picture winner. Yeah, that was a cool announcement about Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do something else during this. Uh, as Borat would say, Vote or you'll be executed. Well, it's not officially announced yet, Justin. It's they're in talks. So I hope it happens, but we'll see.